member who is writing the merchandising post that's merchandising your latest blog, they have to be aligned and on brand 100% of the time or else you have that condition, which you just described with with that thought leader who, you know, you, you saw that this piece was clearly not up to the standard or the level of sincerity and authority of the person who would be the creator behind it. This is the Business Storytelling Show with Christoph Trapp. Name a top 20 storytelling podcast and a top 5% podcast globally. Christoph chats with thought leaders and experts to share tips and tricks that can help you tell your company's stories better to drive business results. Available wherever you listen to podcasts, live streamed on major social media channels, and part of the DB&A television network. Available on most U.S. television sets and streaming on Roku and Amazon Fire. Here's Christoph with today's episode. Let's go. Let's go, business storytellers. Hey, how's everyone doing? We are live once again on Amazon. So if you're not watching on Amazon, you can certainly search Christoph Trapp on Amazon and find my storefront. But everything you see around me, the microphone, the gaming chair, I'm not even a gamer, but I love being comfortable. The book that we will be talking about, all those different things are available right there in the carousel on Amazon. So today we want to talk about how do we actually use the humans behind our companies to tell better stories, to become personal, to become, to have personality. So with that being said, uh, Deb Gabor is returning to the show. That's her latest book just came out. And uh, certainly I'm always interested in how do we make our companies appear more human, be more human? Shouldn't be that difficult because we all are human. So why do we have to keep talking about it? Deb, welcome back. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Do we do it? Pound really it out, right? Got it. Pound, pound it out. Um, <laughs> really, really glad to have you back on the show. And of course, uh, the book came out a little while ago here. Um, tell me, what, what prompted you to write it? And uh, why is this a topic business leaders should care about? Well, I can probably express that best through a story of what happened during the pandemic. I don't know if you know this, but I spend a lot of my time and frankly, before the pandemic was earning a lot of my living by traveling around the world as a professional speaker, consultant, workshop leader, in addition to the core company that I run. And when the pandemic happened, I lost my platform for being in front of people to share the message that I'm compelled to share, which is all about brand strategy and helping organizations create that condition of irrational loyalty. And what ensued over the early days of the pandemic uh, was the basis for the stories that permeate this book. So basically what happened was, as I said, I lost my platform for actually being out and and engaging with people in a very, very human way. And I had to find ways to share that message and engage with people and create community and actually bring a community of people close to me and engage them so that they soon would lean forward and tell me what they wanted to buy from me, what they wanted to buy from my company, um, the kinds of services that they wanted to have. And I actually was writing a different book at the start of the pandemic, which was about AI and the resurgence of 
of AI in the marketing world entitled Why AI Can't Solve AI's Marketing Problem. But then after this experience of taking several months to just share generously my expertise with other people without any obligation of getting anything back from them in the form of contact information or their money, just really getting their attention and their engagement and earning their irrational loyalty, I was able to create an entirely new business that monetized that expertise. So I wrote a book about what authority is, that expertise is authority, how it is created, how any business leader can create that for themselves, how authority humanizes brands, and then the second half of the book is really about different types of monetization models to use the power of human authority to ignite that condition of a rational brand loyalty. You know, what's interesting about that too, I also, I don't want to say I lost my platform, but I certainly traveled all the time back in the day. And now I don't leave this chair, which is one reason why I want a comfortable chair. Uh, but all kidding aside, you know, this is kind of how I uh, interact now. And, and even back in the day, I did podcasts in person, believe it or not, Deb, like you and I sit across a table at a conference and we're recording. And I'm like, that was so much work. And now we're doing this from wherever we are, same setup, eight lights around me or however many there are, more than enough. Uh, so certainly it's interesting. Now, um, when you talk about using that human authority, though, I mean, it makes 100% sense. Um, for like my own personal brand, right? And I'm always building that even when I don't look for business. I just, it's like, you know, I'm putting, um, I don't know, like how uh, the New York Yankees coach Aaron Boone once said, you know, we make deposits in the bank and mm -hmm. at some point we have to make a withdrawal. But how about in companies where it's not just me, the, the solo person or, or whatever, uh, how does it look in companies? I mean, in, you know, I don't know what, what size might be a good example if that makes sense. Well, let's let's take a company the size of Salesforce, for instance. So yeah. um, I think that Salesforce is a really good example of a company that has a very, very strong brand. This is a B2B technology company. It's been around for a while, a brand that I really admire for creating this condition of irrational loyalty, who has some strong leaders within the organization. If you go all the way back to the founder, uh, Mark Benioff, this is a guy who has been able to use his platform of authority to advance ideas that transcend the products and services that Salesforce sells. There's an example in the book of someone else who works at Salesforce. Her name is Tiffany Bova. Um, she's a pretty well-known author, speaker, consultant. I'd call her an expert on customer experience. And this is a person, she's not one of the C-level executives of the organization, but she's an evangelist for information about enhancing the customer experience, regardless of the industry that you're in, regardless of the size of company that you're in as an audience member, and regardless of whether or not you actually use Salesforce's products. So that's how it can look inside what I would consider to be a large enterprise. If you're thinking about smaller companies, you can use the example that I have. I'm the founder and CEO of a strategy and marketing firm for B2B technology companies. And I've been doing that for about 20 years. Uh, Based on the success of, of the books that I've written, the methodology that I've created for branding, uh, all of the media that I do, podcasts, media interviews, things that I write, I've been able to establish a platform of authority. And what that platform looks like is this compulsion to share information with other people with the sole purpose of making their lives better, improving and enhancing their experience of 
of using whatever it is that's out there in the world, helping them navigate challenges and make sense of what's going on in their world with with relation to what you do and doing it in a really sincere, authentic and giving, not selling way. That's how it looks inside an organization. You know, it's interesting to me too, when we talk about the, uh, you talk about the human to human connection in your book. And when I, when I think about that is, so there's the human to human. So I went to um, a Washington commanders, New York giants game with my neighbor. Right. And so we went and we, it was a great time. So, but that human connection is very different from like me paying attention to a thought leader or somebody out there, right? Or a company. Uh, I mean, I was even, I was listening to, I don't remember the name of the podcast now, but the, uh, Jason Kelsey's on it and it's a great show, but they just don't get to the point, in my opinion. They just talk and talk and talk, which is kind of fun on some days. But if I got 12 podcasts I want to listen to and they don't get to what they're going to talk about, you know, at some point I tune out. So how does the human to human connection differ if it does in the professional environment from me enjoying time at the NFL game with my neighbor? Yeah. Um, you know, one of the things that, that that started probably before the pandemic and then really picked up steam when, when the pandemic sent us all home and put us in front of our computer screens at home, working from home. Basically, we lowered the bar for what is authority and what is human to human connection. We we gave everybody, you know, anybody who has a, a microphone, a ring light and a camera these days can be an expert online. Right. And the podcast example that you gave where you have a couple of guys who are just riffing and they never get to the point. Some people enjoy that. But these are not people who who are sharing in an authentic way with meaning and purpose behind it. So so human to human connection through this lens of authority means that that the person who's sharing this information truly has a compulsion to share it, that they have something that they want to say to the world. They have a story that they want to share with the world because the experience of hearing that story for other people is going to elevate them in some way. It's going to help them in some way. And it's the, the human to human connection really comes through the humanization of the message, not the humanization of the person who is sharing the message, but the humanization of the message by making sure that the message is coming through this human point of view. And what do I mean by that? Um, that really is the essence of authority, which it's about being authentic. It's about being sincere. It's about sharing with meaning and purpose. It's about sharing with the idea of general or balanced reciprocity behind it, which means that you're not sharing the information solely for the purpose of getting someone's email address to opt into your email address your email list so that you can bombard them with automated uh, promotions and things like that. It's really having a well-informed point of view. It's, it's having a reason to share the information. It's, it's about really having a very clear brand relationship with the audience that you're sharing that information with that's based on this principle of creating a rational loyalty. And you mentioned something earlier, um, which was about the bank account. And when I talk about a rational loyalty, I mean the relationship that people have with brands that's like the relationship that we have with other people. We all have people in our lives with whom we have these irrational loyalty relationships. I think about my 
my 25 year old daughter. This is someone that when we behave on brand for our relationship, we're both equally giving to and providing and nourishing the relationship. We make deposits into this bank account, emotional bank account that we share with one another. That is the thing that sustains our relationship when she say does a really bad job of loading the dishwasher when she stays at my house or leaves a wet towel on the floor of her bedroom or, you know, in the bathroom. And that's the thing that keeps me from kicking her out on her ear. That same type of irrational loyalty can be built by individual humans within an organization, sharing that information with the sole purpose of elevating and uplifting other people and helping them be better, do better, feel better, know better, and doing it in a way that isn't about selling. That's really where that human connection comes from. I hope that makes sense. Makes sense to me. You know what? uh, The one thing that doesn't make sense to me is when leaders try to do this and, but they don't do it in an authentic way. I'll give you an example. Uh, I There's one particular leader, I won't, won't name her name, in, in a public official who shares fantastic content, like builds an audience, whatever, right? Like she's using some of these things we're talking about, even though it's not a business, but her business is, right, to keep her, uh, con- her community in- included. And then one time I read something from her and I'm confident it was not written by her. It was riddled with mistakes. It was not in her voice at all. And I could tell that just because I read her other stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And I didn't do like a formal analysis or whatever, called in an investigator, but it didn't read like it. So it really, when that happens, it kind of lowers that um, trust, right? The connection. Absolutely. Um, and it, so is that a thing that happens? And, and if it does, how do leaders you know, make sure they, they, they do it authentically and they do it correctly. Yeah, this is this is a question I get a lot. You know, uh, one of the one of the businesses that that is part of of my core company is an authority marketing business where people like you, like me, uh, you know, like some some of these other business leaders who have who have a, a, a platform information that they want to share with the world. They need help getting that information out to the world. And one of the things that you point out there is about this this, you know, self-styled thought leader who. Uh, when she shared information that clearly didn't come with her point of view and her unique voice and and whatever, it was really easy to see through that. Um, you know, as a business leader, sometimes it feels daunting to think about using the platform of your brand and the awareness and the goodwill associated with your brand to advance something um, that is a platform that transcends what your what your company actually does. It seems daunting because it requires you to actually have a well-informed and well-researched, well-substantiated, authentic, sincere, on-brand point of view, and then get it out to the world in mass with momentum. And sometimes that requires you to have other people involved. For instance, a lot of the stuff that that goes out into the world, um, social media posts, LinkedIn posts, uh, things like that, sometimes byline articles that I write are actually written by other members of my team. So it's really, really important that as I scale my authority and as other business leaders scale their authority 
property that they have a very close in team that is, and I hate to use this word, but there's no better word for this, that is indoctrinated to the brand. So, so that's a team of people who understand who is the ideal customer for the brand. What does it say about that audience member that they are consuming this information? What is unique and singular about this point of view and how is that pro- how is that expressed in a consistent manner, whether it comes directly from that leader's mouth or it's uh, from a LinkedIn post that's written by someone on the social media team? Um, in the same way that you manage brands in the world, B2B, B2C brands, big, small, uh, whatever, in the same way that you manage brands, authority has to be managed and it has to have all of those guardrails and guidelines and be defined. And all of the people who are involved in the delivery of the experience of that brand all the way down to, you know, the the social media team member who is writing the merchandising post that's merchandising your latest blog. They have to be aligned and on brand 100% of the time or else you have that condition, which you just described with, with that thought leader who, you know, you, you saw that this piece was clearly not up to the standard or the level of sincerity and authority of the person who would be the creator behind it. Absolutely. And my uh, my dear live streaming friends, if you're seeing all the scrolls at the bottom and over here, that way, this way, you see the book and everything. That's the new shopping feature that you can now use in Restream. So if you want to live stream with Restream, restream.io forward slash ctrap forward slash join, you get like $10 off, maybe 10%. I don't know. Click the link, go to the link, check it out and sign up. Now, Deb, what's interesting to me, too, is I am actually not opposed to ghostwriters at all. I do all my Mm -hmm. own writing currently, but depending on different stages of my career, you know, I use ghostwriters, too. But I think the key is you can't just hire different people on Fiverr, no offense to Fiverr, and have different writers every time you write something. Because at some point, it's not going to sound the same. It's not going to look the same. So if you have a ghostwriter, have the same person or have somebody who can... I'm a huge fan of having a network of people who can help you amplify your story and tell your story. You have to do it on an on-brand, aligned, on-values, on-beliefs kind of way. And I'm not against using Fiverr or Upwork or any, you know, any number of resources out there to find freelance writing help. You know, within my organization, when we use freelancers, we take them through an entire brand indoctrination and training and we test them out before their content ever sees the light of day. And that's everybody from the people who are writing video storyboards for our clients all the way through the people who might be writing a technical product data sheet for a tech company or things like that. It's really important that you have a, a brand Bible, if you will, that has the brand point of view, the positioning statement, the brand promise, uh, all of the attributes of the brand, a description of who the ideal archetypal customer is for receiving this message. What are the main things you want this person to take away from engaging with that content? What are the feelings that you want them to have? And if, if you do that in a smart and thoughtful and deliberate way, that helps you remain on brand. And every time you put more on brand, consistent messages, stories out there into the world, the faster that accelerates the footprint of your brand. 
Absolutely. And the other thing I know we mentioned writing a couple of times now, and that's also my go-to, quite frankly. But the thing I always like to remind people of too is you don't always have to write. I mean, now we have Chad GBT, we, we, GPT. We just had a show with Evan Kerstell recently yesterday here on that. So uh, go back and check that out. But I'm not saying everybody should use that, but writing is not the only way you could do podcasting you can do audio content you videos, can do just like video videos. content yeah i mean there's tons and tons of video in the feed we all know that video video content is being prioritized really in every platform the more native video that you create um it is a lot easier for me to just like get up and and shoot a short video that has my point of view there's something that's going on right now um you know if you read irrational loyalty i think the last time we were together we were talking about irrational loyalty the book which is the story of how brands navigate the trials and tribulations and why some brands are able to survive disasters while others are not. And, you know, the current disaster today that I'm thinking about is Southwest Airlines. So a couple of minutes ago, I recorded a short video. I sent it to my publicist. She's like pitching it out to media. Um, and, you know, it's just a short video with my point of view talking about what is the future for Southwest Airlines? What did they do right? What did they do wrong? What do, you, what do we think is going to be the long-term impact on the brand and how are they going to be able to like recreate that condition of irrational loyalty with their customers. It's so much easier for me to just like grab my iPhone, look right at it, shoot a quick video and then shoot that video off to somebody. Likewise, I can take that. I can post it on LinkedIn. I can put it on YouTube. I can uh, load it up to a website. I can post it on Instagram. I can shoot a TikTok video. Um, I can, you know, you can become an authority by expressing your point of view. And Christoph, you're 100% correct that you don't have to write all the time. It can be audio. It can be video. Uh, it can it can be a series of images that convey your point of view. So so I think a lot of people feel daunted by the writing process. Um, it, if you think about it instead of as a writing process and thinking about only written content, um, it, it may feel overwhelming if you think about it as I'm just using some kind of medium or a channel to get my point of view out into the world. And I'm doing it with the purpose of elevating people's existence and helping them. That makes it a lot easier than sitting down in front of your computer with a blank page on Microsoft Word or Google Docs and going, OK, what am I going to write today? So um, I encourage people to look at other methods of of sharing content because it's less about the creation and it's more really about the authentic and meaningful sharing of it. What I also like about the example you just gave. So if I record a video and I do this too, sometimes I get a media question right through one of those services and I, I want to respond. And sometimes I just write it back. And sometimes I do record a video and I don't even care if they pick it up, if they pick it up, great. But I will also use that video as a YouTube short, maybe as a bonus podcast episode. So I'm, I'm hitting like eight different areas with one thing. Um, so that's another really good thing to think about. In the last three and a half minutes here in the last uh, sec session section of this uh, today's episode, can you give us some tips? How do companies even get started? How do they identify who should be public and who shouldn't? And maybe everybody should be public. I don't know. But like, uh, how do you get started? What's that thought process look like? Well, it so so it needs to be on brand and aligned with 
your organization and your organization's brand. So um, take, let's go back to the example of Salesforce, for instance. So Salesforce, when they first hit the scene, you know, the, the, it was in a time where, where when we thought about CRM software, we thought about sales management software, we, we thought about on-premises software. And here comes Salesforce, which came out with not just a different way of doing business, but like an entirely different model for doing software. And they had to be disruptive in their approach because the technology itself was disruptive. And they knew as a brand, they needed to go to market with other business leaders who were mostly disruptive technology CEOs themselves in order to be successful. They had to align themselves with people who were willing to stick their necks out and do something in a way that was not the de facto standard for the industry or the category at the time. And so they knew that they needed to have sort of an authority platform. They needed to assign somebody to be kind of the primary spokesperson for this who became Mark Benioff, right? In, in most cases, I, I say, you know, without regard to the size of the business, usually the brand is owned by the top dog at the organization. So the brand is owned by the CEO and the leadership team, and and it is it is delivered by everyone at the organization. So thinking about people at the top of the organization, or if the story that you need to tell is about changing people's minds uh, about a particular product or a particular market problem, who is the person within the organization who has the most authority, the person who is the, who could be the go-to for sharing that information. What I advise against is like finding the PR person or the marketing person who's going to be the spokesperson for the organization. That person is a good person as a public information officer. That person is not a good person as being the person who is the authority or the one who's going to share that message that transcends the products and services and the footprint of the brand. So look for someone who has relevant expertise. Look for someone who has passion and the desire and the sincere meaning in their life who, who want to elevate other people um, by sharing information specifically with the idea of helping. Oh, and then I'll just add to the one comment that I made about don't make it the PR person or the marketing person for that particular division or that particular part of the company. Likewise, never a salesperson. Never, ever, ever a salesperson. So if you want to get started with creating an authority platform using using the footprint of your brand, really think about those people inside the organization who are passionate, who have a well-informed and distinctive point of view, who are unique and singular, and who are willing to and frankly want to share information with other people, all with the idea that they're helping others, not selling. So I know you have the book, um, Deb, and... Uh... Really appreciate you coming on, sharing your, your latest insights on that topic with us. But in the last 10 seconds here, tell us, how do uh, how do brands work with you? How do they reach out to you? Who's your perfect client? And uh, just like 15 yeah. seconds, if you can. Okay. My ideal customer is the marketing leader at a, I'll say, a high growth, mid-market organization that's in the technology or professional services industry that serves other businesses. You have a lot at stake to get it right and not a lot of time to mess around. Um, you don't want to just keep trains on the tracks. You need to lay new tracks from a messaging position 
positioning, marketing, and execution standpoint, and you don't want a marketing partner to take orders from you, um, you actually want someone who is going to push you and give you the proverbial kick in the pants, which is one of the things that's unique. Um, best way to get in touch with me, debgabor.com, if you want to get in touch with me directly. Also, my company is called Soul marketing sol like the sun in spanish and you can find both of those things on the internet that's a wrap thanks for tuning in please rate and review our show on your favorite podcast channels and don't forget to share this episode with your networks we appreciate you until next time let the best stories win